Welcome to the Feel Good Lab podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Gresh. Join me as we bring together the brightest minds in health and wellness, covering topics from sleep and nutrition to exercise and mindfulness. Our goal is to give you actionable advice to optimize your health and ultimately to feel good. All right. Welcome back to another episode of the Feel Good Lab podcast. And I am joined by my great friend, go back a long time, yep. Eric Carrero. You know, E, um, you were always one of the strongest, toughest dudes back in college. And one of the funniest things about, you know, we, we really started working together about a year ago, like mm-hmm. on my health and wellness. But what's so funny is I went to you because I'm like, you're always one of the people I aspire to be like, strength, athletically, whatever. And I'm thinking, he's going to turn me into a beast. <laughs> We worked out for the first six months. I don't think I lifted a weight heavier than 15 pounds. So let's start it out there. Tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what wellness means to you. All right. Uh, my name is Eric Carrero. Um, so let's start with like a little Snapchat of a little how I got to where I'm at. So, uh, you know, UConn, I was looking at uh, therapy programs and things like that. Um, injured a lot in my 20s. So that I was always in rehab. So I remember that, the shoulder. The shoulder. Um, there was a bunch of things. So always in the rehab. Um, ended up getting my master's degree in occupational therapy. Um, from there, I worked uh, subacute rehab, outpatient rehab, home health. Um, and currently, I'm in mental health right now. Um, but anyway, so from there, um, even, like you said, going through college, big into sports, martial arts, football, basketball, baseball, you name it, I was doing it. Um, and I guess you could say, um, I've always had a, a love for physical training. I was like one of those kids who wanted a six pack at like six years old, um, which was, you know, so I always had a passion for it. I was a kid who was training by myself before YouTube, you know, before the internet, I would, uh, or not before the internet, but, <laughs> <laughs> but literally, uh, I would, you know, search up explosive exercises and then I would go in the backyard and I would have a parachute, I would have some weights wrapped around, you know, so my passion for it began at an early age. Um, I would say wellness-wise, um, looking back at it, to get a little deep on you. <laughs> Please. So, um, you know, I lost my father when I was young, so it just made me, opened up my eyes to, you know, how precious life is and not to really take it for granted, right? We only have this one body, so we have to make sure that it's you know, at optimal levels, you know, that we're trying our best to stay healthy for the people and our family around us, you know, so. Yeah. And I think, you know, you opened my eyes a lot. So again, I I went to start working with you and it was about, you know, becoming a beast. And Mm -hmm. all of a sudden you're like, become a beast. You you have no mobility in your ankles, in your hips, in your shoulders. What do you mean becoming a beast? And we worked hard. And I'll tell you what, the impact that you made, um, I, I mean, I'm still, I'm still getting the benefits. Eric just had a, a baby a couple of days ago, so congratulations. Thank you. But so we haven't been training together for a little bit. Yep. I'm still feeling great, but holy cow, am I missing it? And mm-hmm. I'm realizing that it's about the consistency. It's about the little things. And if yeah. you don't take care of your body, especially getting older, you know, 34 now, not as young as I yep. once was, and I'm, I'm feeling it. So, but the big impact for me was not about strength. Mm-hmm. It was about mobility. Can you talk a little bit about that? And how did you, you know, when did you realize that? Because that wasn't always the case for you. Yeah. So, I mean, mobility-wise, um, like we were talking just before this, um, you know, when you're in your 
late teens, early 20s, you're feeling good all the time. You could run and play basketball for six hours, four hours. You could wake up the next day. And then, you know, late 20s start creeping in. You got a steady job. You're either sitting at a desk, you're driving, you're commuting. Your body starts to tighten up. All right, so for me, mobility-wise, is I would notice, you know, that I would play basketball or I would play flag football or I would play, um, you know, rec softball. And then I would get injured just from, like, swinging too hard, <laughs> you know, going up for a rebound. Um, just, however, I would get injured. And uh, I realized I had to take a step back and kind of, like, reassess. In my head, I'm like, I'm 30 years old. I should be in the prime of my life. Why am I so stiff and in pain all day? I shouldn't be like that, you know? So what I did was, um, and again, I took a step back and I started focusing on my, my joint health, right? I looked from the ground up, started looking at my feet, my ankles, my knees. Like, why, why were my knees hurting? My, my patellar tendons, why were they, you know, so tight? Why couldn't I um, walk downstairs without looking like a pirate? You know what I mean? Like, all stiff-legged. Um, and you're training, by the way, as an occupational therapist. So, like, you understand the biology. Absolutely. Is this you kind of connecting the dots between, like, your training and then as you start to get a little older? And you work with an older population, too. Mm-hmm. So, were you seeing kind of, like, the degenerative n- nature of if we sit all day, if we're on our phones all day, mm-hmm. and we don't counteract it? There's, we're going to have real problems as we age. Exactly. I mean, you're looking at everything from, you know, surgeries. Look at the surgeries in the United States from either, you know, sports-related surgeries or, you know, anything like that. Those things are skyrocketing. You know, the joint, the joint replacement medical field right now is ex- exploding. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, when you go back to it and you start looking at the body and trying to assess, again, it's all about your goals personally, Right. My goals are going to be different from your goals, right? You're into golf, right? I'm into jujitsu. So, what are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> that we're just going to have different goals, you know? So, like, my flexibility, the way I approach my flexibility, there'll be some similarities, mm-hmm. and you might not, you won't have to achieve like the flexibility that I'm shooting for, right? But you should attain a certain level of flexibility and mobility that's going to allow you to play golf, you know, five, 10 days in a row if you chose to without being in pain. Um, I'll tell you, that's an area that made, you know, my golf game playing pretty good this year, but huge difference in feeling like fluid, I guess is the best way to put it. Mm -hmm. And here's where everything we did started from the ground up. You talked about that. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about foot health because you opened my eyes to a couple of different things. So zero drop shoes, toe, wide toe box, Mm -hmm. barefoot. Talk a little bit about that because that to me made a huge difference. Once we fixed my feet... Then my ankles got better, then my knees got better, then my hips got better, all the way up the chain. Absolutely. So again, when we're looking at sneakers nowadays, right, you see the big foam, you know, it's basically like a cast for your foot, all right? So when you start wearing these big foamy shoes that have like all this cushion, all right, it's starting to, it messes with the tens- the length of like your tendons in your foot, your Achilles tendon starts to shorten up, all right? So I looked at it from a stance where my feet are super weak, right? So I incorporated uh, correct toes. I don't know if you heard of correct toes, basically toe spacers, but like Mm -hmm. the best toe spacers that are out there. And I would literally just start um, using those around the house. Um, I bought like Vivo Barefoots and I would start, they would would always tell you to, um, you know, don't start wearing barefoot shoes and then go run half a mile. Start out slow. But again, it comes to that point where people want satisfaction. They want those, uh, 
those quick results. Instant gratification. Instant gratification, <laughs> absolutely. So, and I'm okay with slow progress. So I took the time. I would wear my uh, my Vivo barefoots and I would mow the lawn. I would walk around the house, all right, and just kind of that teaches you um, basically how to walk or basically how to use your muscles in your feet because a lot of people, again, when they wear these big cushiony shoes, they're heel striking, yeah. right? So all the pressure, all the tension when you heel strike is coming up from your heels, up to your knees, up to your hips. And you can get away with it because you got all the foam there. Exactly. So you don't need to have great form, even running, right? That's probably, Exactly. Yeah. And that messes with your biomechanics with running. That's why people, you know, they get injured. Um, just from biomechanic wise that they're you know, so used to wearing these big foamy sneakers um, but yeah so with barefoot training it's think about all the muscles in our feet right I'm not sure if this is a, a true fact but the amount of muscles in our feet is comparable to let's say um, I don't even know how to say it really but um, there's more muscles in our feet than let's say like our hands or something like that mm -hmm. um, so we have to strengthen that because well, right. we're on our feet almost all day. So exactly. Definitely. And they get tight. They get extremely tight. So you get plantar fasciitis for people. Mm -hmm. So that's so people who have plantar fasciitis, again, they're in those tight shoes. And then they go and run and play basketball or some sort of sport that kind of stretches that foot out. And that plantar fascia is kind of like, whoa, what the hell just happened? You know what I mean? Um, so in a sense, um, I started, again, with the barefoot shoes, incorporating that to the zero drop shoes. So I, I go back and forth. Um, because they're both zero drop really yeah and for anybody out there who's not familiar zero drop you might know better than i eric but mm -hmm. is basically um, the difference between the height of the heel of the shoe to the height of the toe so typically shoes today have a certain angle to them mm -hmm. it almost kind of leans us forward and what zero drop means is that there is z no angle just like if your foot was on the earth and i'm not certain if it's right for everybody but i know for me when i made that change to zero drop shoes and then working out with you barefoot, I just started to see significant improvements and I felt sturdier. Mm -hmm. And again, we talk about golf, which was one of my goals when we started working together was to just be a little more fluid, maybe add some strength. It all starts from the ground. That's where all of the power comes from. Yep. So we weren't doing, we weren't lifting weights really at first. We were working on my feet and my ankles and my hips. Meanwhile, my golf swing started getting better. Mm. And you know, sure, sir. Soon enough, we did add in those other areas of mobility and, and, you know, but that was probably the biggest impact. And so I know that when I'm talking to other people that are, you know, lifting weights and really the big advice that I give them is take a look at the bottom of the chain, mm -hmm. your feet and ankles, and realize that if you don't fix them and you start building habits around heavy lifting, deadlifts and squats and whatnot, yeah. you could potentially do more damage than good. Oh, yeah. I mean was too and I would even preach to the, the head coach I'm like maybe we should take a step back off of the big compound lifts but you know it's all it's a business right these kids have to prepare for college who look at certain lifts so even if um, you know their form or their technique wasn't right you know he still wanted to do some of these you know these exercises so I tried my best to kind of you know correct the form as quick as possible but some of those things again takes time right mm -hmm. because we're involving different aspects we're putting in the ego into lifting, which is huge. Um, you know, people have difficulty stepping back or putting their ego to the side, you know, um, to reassess. Um, to go back to like the, the foot and, you know, zero drop shoe. Another big thing is also like the um, amount of space in the front part of your shoe, you know, your toe splay. Yeah. You know, um, I had a bunionectomy, right? 
the reason being is I used to wear it playing football, basketball. You would see the shoes narrow, right? What what does that do to your toes? Squishes them in, yeah. right? That impacts it again. Then we they're impacted, and then you put in the you know the big foamy cushion, all right? That's all gonna affect your ankles to your knees. How well you can balance, right? Because what's if you're standing, right? What's gonna be better balance? Something that's like this or something that's real narrow? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So again, then you take into account just strengthening, you know, the toes, the foot, the arches, right? People always talk about collapsed arches, right? There's a bunch of arch support being in therapy. Oh, you know, they have super flat feet. My feet are weak. You know, you, oh, you need arch support. You need ankle, you know, uh, stability. So those are the things that you could actually work on. You know, you could work on your strength. They have a bunch of exercises for toes, um, you know, for foot strengthening. Um, but I felt with like strengthening the foot, the best way to do it was to walk around in my zero drop or my Vibram's, you know, five finger shoes mm -hmm. because it really isolated the toes. Yep. And um, you brought up a good point earlier. The analogy of like normal shoes today are kind of like a cast for our feet. And even mm -hmm. me, I unfortunately, I had some ankle issues back in college. So I've been playing basketball a couple times a week and I wear two ankle braces mm -hmm. tightened up on my big basketball shoes forever that's what caused a lot of the damage. I mean, I really was treating the bottom half of my leg as a cast. Yep. And you don't realize that that's, that energy, if your ankle's not, not moving in the right way, if your toes and your feet, it's going up to your knee, it's going up to your hip, it's going to your lower back, and it's going all the way up the chain. Um, but another area I want to talk about is kind of where you're going. So you got into occupational therapy you're helping people. You're really understanding the body. You're doing a lot of training. Your personal goals, right? You do jujitsu, mm -hmm. so you're you're really in tune with your own health, health and wellness. You train people. You train me, some of other friends, yeah. a lot of young athletes that are looking to get to the next level, maybe playing college. But tell me a little bit about because we were talking before this, so I know where you're going to go. But I'm excited to hear about where you're focused, where you think the next move is going to be to really, really help people improve. Yeah. Um. You know, again, like you said, I train people. I love training people, working with people. Um, but I just felt too with you know occupational therapy and just the medical field in general is it's too business like. It was all about a lot of therapists could will uh, agree with me in this sense. It's all about productivity, right? How much, how productive can you be? It's not necessarily about patient-centered care, you know. Mm -hmm. So that was a big thing that kind of put me off as I moved further along in my career, I felt like I was treated more just like, it was like more business, like as opposed to me working with an individual, actual, you know, getting actual results with them. It was like, go see this person for a half hour, two times a week, that's all you get. I'm like, all right. I'm like, okay, <laughs> like that's all, I, that's all I get. So from there, I transitioned, you know, um, with COVID, I was like, I have to do something else. Um, so I started looking at like some online programming, right? So I started writing training programs, flexibility, strength combining the both mm -hmm. um, just kind of just educating people on flexibility and strength because a lot of people who think flexibility they think of yoga they think of maybe weak individuals that are just flexible and not strong when in reality you could be both right so then from there I always felt like I wanted to do more I'm like I need like I want to help people that's always been my thing I want to have a service to people you know and so I started transitioning, looking more into the nutrition aspect of yep. it, right? So we're looking at um, daily habits, eating habits, you know? Um, so I've been looking into, you know, functional diagnostic nutrition. Um, basically, it's like telemedicine for people. So we're going to address the root cause of these people's illnesses, right? From Crohn's disease, 
um, you know, to, from anxiety to depression, chronic pain, chronic pain, joint, you know, everything. All right. And that all comes down, not all of it, but a big part of it is the nutrition aspect. You know, people don't, they think, oh, food is whatever, you know, they don't, they may not take food as seriously as they should. You know, food and is medicine. It is medicine. Let's be clear. It is, absolutely. <laughs> and if we treat our food as medicine, we don't need medicine. <laughs> I agree with you, you 100%. Know? And I love that because, I mean, our whole entire business is built on that. My dad, functional medicine is the core of what we do. And it means remove all of the things that are causing harm to the body. Mm-hmm. The toxins that are in our food, that are in the products that we're using. <sighs> Looking at the toxic exposure, huge. And then replacing it with nutrition. And not everything can get from our diet. But there's a lot that we can. So eating healthy is number one. Second is looking at supplementation and what can we do to provide the body with other nutrients and supplements that we can't get in our daily diet. Are there any things that you're seeing, you know, with the patient population you're dealing with that that are really helping people on the supplement side? Uh, Supplement side, I think it's more about just education right now. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are just oblivious mean to be blunt in that term but it's they just don't know right right what they what they see is commercials for all these you know highly processed foods right they go to the grocery store what do they see you know they see there's everything healthy is kind of kept on the outside Mm -hmm. right everything that's fast and easy and it's part it's not you know personally not their fault right because the lives that we live are so hectic every day it's got to get you know if you're a family man and you got kids or, you know, a career, what do you want to shoot for? At the end of the day, it's you're tired, so you want to grab what's quick, all right? But not realizing that's just kind of impacting your energy levels in, in itself. Um, but I would say for the clients, a lot of the times it's education, and it goes for the same with going back to the flexibility strength part. It's just, I feel like we're just such like in the beginning stages of, of just – a lot of topics. There's a massive shift happening. There's <laughs> massive. no doubt. And I think we're on the right track. You know, until people are ready to make the change, there's a lot of people that know what to do. And it's hard to stick with it. And so one of the reasons I loved working with you is the accountability aspect. You know, showing up yeah. twice a week and having you hold me accountable. And that's really a huge piece of this. So getting into coaching, even when it comes to nutrition, is going to be really critical and helping people to make the changes because it's not easy to change your diet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very challenging, but if we do and we start and realize that, you know, my chronic pain is very likely being exploited by the 30 years of unhealthy diet, mm-hmm. well, it's going to take a long time to fix that. We can't just reverse it. We certainly can't reverse it with a pill, mm-hmm. but where we can reverse it is with our lifestyle choices. We can cut out the foods that are making us sick. And here's the key, and I know this is something you're starting to look at, testing, it's individual. Foods that are good for me are not necessarily good for you, and foods that are bad for you are not necessarily bad for me. There are certain ones. A lot of people would benefit from reducing their gluten and dairy mm-hmm. input because of you know, the, in, in the gluten that we have here in the United States is not the same as the gluten that's in the rest of the world. Same with the dairy. Unfortunately, our foods are more processed here, mm-hmm. and that means that there are more side effects and repercussions from that. But a lot of people with chronic degenerative conditions, it's, there's an inflammation aspect to it. Oh, without a doubt. And all of these things are leading to inflammation, including the toxic burden. So 
with your functional testing and your training that you're looking to do, there's a testing component, right? And an individual aspect to that. Absolutely. It's, it's customized, right? So, I mean, a lot of the times too is the people, you know, the general public, when they go to their doctors, are they asking these questions, you know, to get down to the nitty gritty? Are they just saying, you know what, you have high blood pressure. Here's, you know, here's some medication to bring down the high blood pressure. Next client. Right. Do you know what I mean? And it's, you know, accountability wise that we talked about. It's good to have someone there to, you know, hold you accountable, but it's almost, we have to kind of figure out a way to open that client's eyes to say, you know what, you know, I have the roadmap now, you know, so this is the way as opposed to uh, um, just, you know, shooting darts in the dark. Do you know what I mean? Totally. It's if they have a map and they know how to get there and we could show them like, listen, you're going to get results. This is the path that you have to take. And that this is a snapshot of, let's say, your future, you know, a healthier you. Um, but I, I feel like um, it has to be customized. I mean, and that's the thing. So with the testing, um, I'm just getting started with it. So it's a functional diagnostic nutrition. Um, they offer a variety of tests. So my standpoint is I kind of want to be like that advocate, that bridge between, let's say, the general population and the medical doctor. So that the, I'm not trying to be their doctor, but I'm trying to help them, you know, advocate for them in a sense. So when they go to the doctor, they could say, oh, what about this? You know, I had this testing done. Can you explore more into this avenue? You know, I'm having pains here, you know, just to kind of give a, a deeper insight into their daily life and, you know, what they're feeling as opposed to just treating symptoms. Yeah, that's huge. What kind of conditions, you know, are people coming to you? Is it, is it weight loss? Is it start somewhere? Is it start like with me around training and then you educating me on mobility and nutrition and other things like? Yeah, so I have uh, clients that come for just strength training, right? So I have younger athletes too um, who want to get better, right? They want to get bigger, faster, and stronger. And again, with them, it's education on mm -hmm. eating right. You it, must love working with them because they're like, they don't have the habits like we do. They, right? How old are these kids? 14 to 18? 14 to 18. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, with them, it's it's tough because it comes back to their home life, right? Because I could educate them, but I have to educate their parents as well right. because they're providing all the food. Yeah. Um, yeah. But those kids are hungry. So it's good. You know, they come in, they're dedicated. Yeah. Um, they want to get to that next level. Yeah. So you, yeah, that's a great audience and you can make such an impact. You start teaching them these things now. Yep. Oh my goodness. Think and about what they'll be like when they're our age. And that's, that's what I always, I think a part of me, um, when I train and I, when I train the younger kids or I think about when I was young and I didn't have that, you know, Meriden public schools, Meriden, wherever I grew up in Meriden. And I'm like, I want to be that person that I wish I had mm -hmm. to show me the way, like, all right. I had a strength coach, but again, he was primarily like bodybuilding, not necessarily, you know, functional strength yeah. per se. That's going to, you know, keep me healthy. Oh, well, how do you define functional strength? So functional strength for me is basically, um, how would you define it for me? Being able, I would say daily, daily life, right? Being able to move freely without having any type of pain, stiffness in your body, not, not having to worry, oh, I might tweak my back here, I might, you know, I might, uh, I don't know, whatever it may be. I would say functional strength for me is just overall being healthy, strong in a sense where, you know, I could go help people, let's say, you come to me you're like, Eric, I want to, can you help me move? I'm moving out. All right, let's go pick up some, <laughs> move these couches, move this, move that. Um, but then also that strength is going to translate into 
other sports and things yep. that I, you know, that I do in my spare time, you know? Yeah. And two other areas. So we talked a lot about nutrition and supplements, but I would say more important are hydration and sleep. And, and I always love to tell this story. It blew my mind when I started to understand this, you know, our bodies can go a long time without food. Mm-hmm. And back in the day, you know, when we were tribal and living in caves and going and hunting, we didn't have food all the time. Mm-hmm. So we think of food, three meals a day, we got to always be eating. That's not necessarily the case. Water, on the other hand, we're going to we're gonna die much quicker if we don't have water. But what's even crazier is sleep. We can only go a couple of days without sleep. In fact, that's why they torture people with sleep deprivation. I mean, it yeah. is catastrophic. So if you think about the biggest way to make a real lasting impact... Improving people's sleep, getting eight hours, getting them hydrated, Mm -hmm. drinking electrolytes, not just water, and drinking it at the right times throughout the day, and then nutrition. And that's kind of how it's it's become clear to me. But have you seen that in your training? Like, can yeah, for sure. Um, For the sleep aspect, um, when I'm training even younger kids, right, they think that they're gonna get stronger when they're doing the exercises, right? They don't get strong. The way your muscle and your body repairs, that's how your body gets stronger. So when does your body repair itself? When you sleep, mm-hmm. right? So I try to tell them, you know, younger kids, 14 to 18, 21, you know, they like to stay up late, you know, stay up till 2 or 3 in the morning, then, you know, go about their day, wake up at 6, go to school, go to classes, work out, eat whatever they want. And I try to emphasize, I'm like, listen, you need a solid, you know, each person is different when it comes to the amount of sleep they need. Like for me, I think I need maybe six hours and I feel great. But I tell these younger kids that are working out strenuously, I said, you need to focus in on your sleep because then that's when your body rebuilds. That's when those muscles and those muscle fibers that you tore from, you know, that you're tearing those little micro tears when you're working out, that's what's building it is when you're sleeping, you're letting your body recover. So um, I think that's huge. The sleep is humongous. And then, like you said, with uh, hydration, they always tell you drink a gallon of water a day, all right? I don't necessarily drink a gallon of water a day. I try to stay hydrated, but I also try to eat a lot of fruits and vegetables yeah. that are high in water, water content. So it's not necessarily, so when people tell me, oh, I need to drink this a gallon so I'm hydrated, you're peeing 75 times a day, not realizing that there's other ways to get water in your body naturally, fruits like that, you know, grapes, strawberries, um, especially fruits that are lower like in in the sugar content right so i try to stay i'll eat grapes but grapes have a higher um, sugar content so i like you know watermelon after after uh sports let's say uh jujitsu i have a nice fresh cut up watermelon i'm slamming like half like half of the you know the container yeah um because it's mainly water but it also has different uh, nutrients in that are going to help with your recovery so again all comes down to education on the types of fruits and things that you could eat yeah, I recently started adding electrolytes to all my water, and now I feel like I can't drink water without it. At first, I, the taste is a little salty, a mm-hmm. little different, and now it's like if I don't have the electrolytes in there, I feel like I'm not getting the proper hydration. But I felt a huge difference. Um, so there's, you know, there's low-hanging fruit out there that can make a massive impact. I think anybody would benefit from proper hydration, proper sleep. The nutrition and the eating healthy is a little bit more challenging because we've got, you know, decades of habits that have built up. And one of the things I always look at, you mentioned this earlier, it is so easy to eat unhealthy in our culture, unfortunately. It's very challenging to eat healthy. If you want fast food in the United States, I can't really tell you a great healthy option. Um, 
You know, and so yeah. for me, you know, we're on the road all day. We're we're doing stuff. If it's not convenient and easy, a lot of people aren't going to stick with it. So I do think that there needs to be a little bit of a shift. I see it coming though because the consumers are looking for it. Yeah. They understand what we eat. You know, we are what we eat at some level. And there's not much of a difference if you eat the same thing for 30 years that's making you unhealthy. Well, there's a lot of chronic degenerative disease mm-hmm. that I believe the root cause is what we're putting in our body every day. Oh, I agree with you 100%. There's a lot of, like, even on Instagram, there's a bunch of, uh, uh, my wife follows this page called uh, Just Ingredients, mm-hmm. where she goes over all of the ingredients that are in, you know, some of these uh processed foods that we're eating she compares them to healthier options so there's a lot of awareness in that sense where people are starting to realize you know social media is helping because we have all the access to it now right um but yeah when it comes down to what we're putting into our bodies and um you know heavy metals even from stuff from not even just what we're eating but what we're putting into our skin right um i use my wife's like nope you can't i'm gonna buy you deodorant that has no aluminum Mm -hmm. so i'm using aluminum free deodorant um there's just so many things that we're again oblivious to um that now we're starting to realize and kind of analyze like why are we so getting so sick why is this population so you know overweight you know why are they so lacking so much energy like there's the questions could go on and on and on and on, you know, why, why, why? Um, until we start just doing the investigative work ourselves. So um, it's happening. You know, I know you've been on that mission. We're on that mission yeah. for certain. And that's what gets me up every day and gets me so excited because I see the trends in the world and people are realizing the pharmaceutical industry is amazing for acute care. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the best, especially in the United States. We have the best medical Uh, technology in the world but when it comes to chronic care we are not one of the healthiest countries in the world and I believe that people are waking up to that and they're realizing the way we're treating chronic conditions with the same kind of band-aid approach where we need a a pill to mask a symptom Mm -hmm. that's not gonna work we need to address the underlying root cause and it may be hard but it's worth it because imagine what your life is like when you're healthy Versus what your life is like when you're sick. Yeah. It's, you can't even compare the two. When I'm sick, I'm curled up in a ball. I want one thing. I want to get better. Yeah, want to when get I'm healthy. healthy, I'm like, what can we do today? I'm the most excited person in the world. Yeah. There's always, there's something too that I, whenever I look at like my life and like how people are kind of like systematized to, you know, get out of school, work 30 years, retire, die. <laughs> You know what I mean? So now when I look at it, I'm like, I don't want to work for 35 years unless it's something that I love. And I want to be healthy at the end of, like, I want to be healthy not only at the end when I, re, like, quote unquote, During. when I should be, re, you know, living it up, living the retire life. Um, you know, a lot of people think that after high school that, you know, that was their peak. So now physically, you know, they're like, oh, those are high school days. Yeah, you were young, healthy, vibrant, but I mean... 30s 40s you still have the opportunity to to turn your life around like tenfold mm-hmm. and live your best life but also for me having kids is is being that person like lead that by might, example exactly and that's it i'm gonna lead by example i'm not gonna do something that i wouldn't do all right so if i'm and i go through that with my training with my nutrition that i you know educate people on even you know being as a, a therapist you know, and I'm ever, I'm a, I'm a student, lifelong student, yeah. right? I'm always learning. I never think that I know too much. Um, but I think people have this notion that, 
you know, they can't turn their life around or, you know, I'm too, you know, maybe overweight or I have this you know, chronic disease that I can't get rid of because they've only trusted the medical medical field. And all they do is, for the most part, and I can say everybody, like all-encompassing, that they just give them a pill and say that's it. You know, I just, I feel like I could help in that sense as well, like yeah. open up some people to... What are some resources, because you said, and that's true, you are a lifelong learner. I know you introduced me to some, some great ones, for in instance, uh, Knees Over Toes. Yeah. on Instagram really cool at, at getting certain mobility exercises and looking at the lower body and the feet yeah. and the ankles what other resources do you have so I like knees over toes is good you know he there's some definitely aspects that you could take away from his training um, there's another guy talking about just like Instagram kind of no, why, just anywhere just, where do you look like where do you get your knowledge from you said you're always learning so yeah so I mean just for an Instagram there's a flexibility research guy that I follow he's out of the UK um, there's another guy in Florida called Jeff Wolf. He's big into flexibility. Um, another guy, Range of Strength. And there's also some local guys, um, Ed Williams, who's a, a physical therapist by trade, but he runs a lot of, he used to own a bunch of CrossFit gyms. He has like his own little education um, portal that he teaches students on. Um, and for me, I, I just look online for the most part. And obviously you're a great resource. Yeah. So why don't you tell people where they can find you? Um, uh, find me on Instagram, Eric underscore elevate, um, E L E V eight, the number eight. Yep. Um, yeah, right from there. And then, um, my Facebook page is Eric Carrero. Um, send me a friend request, take yeah, a look at some of the videos. You've got a lot of great videos. content on there. Um, and it's kind of like a culmination of what we we're just talking about. Like, I love your content. It's, you know, I love training with you personally more than anything, yeah. but if I can't get that, you know, you've always been a great resource and, um, You've been there for me if I need to reach out and help. Sure. And are you still taking, you know, are you working uh, digitally as you open up this new practice? Are you going to be looking for, for customers? I will be eventually. Um, not not right this second. Um, I do have a couple of clients that are doing some online training programs. Um, I haven't opened up my, uh, you know, the nutritional part of it just yet. Yeah. Um, that's a work in progress, but hopefully before the end of the year. I'll have that up and running and then um, kind of start helping more people. You know, the Love more that. the better, you know. Yeah, well, so. I got one final question for you, E. And because on this podcast, really what we try to do is take experts like yourself and give people something actionable they can take home. So, you know, say um, you're talking to, to somebody in their 30s who's currently training, uh, maybe not as focused on mobility. Mm -hmm. What sort of actionable advice would you give them to implement in their training that's maybe more on the convenience side, right? Because we want, we want to try to make a broader impact. So mm -hmm. what's something easy that people could add into their current training routine that you think would make a big difference? So the current training, something that they could add into their current training routine, um, I would say, it's a good question. <laughs> I mean, I got an, I know what you did I'm, for me, so. I mean, I've got a thousand things that they could do. That's a, that's a tough part. Um, let's let's go nutrition-wise. Start off with at least a glass of water every morning, yep. right? Before you take your pills, before you eat breakfast, start off with a glass of water. When it comes to the training aspect, I would say let's focus in, I want to say like your hips, but it's, mm -hmm. it's I don't want to just say blindly stretch your hips out. So that's the thing. Right, so everything right. I want to I want to come with more information. We'll talk a little bit because hips were a huge issue for me, and that's actually where I was going to go with it. Um, you know, foam rolling was good, but you mm -hmm. even brought up the fact that like that's you're not you're not really getting there. And it was for me about sitting in a couple of hip opening stretches for a long period of time every day, yeah. and that consistency finally started to loosen it up. But for me, I would. 
So you'd be like, oh, you stretch your hips? I'd be like, yeah, I stretch my hips. You'd be like, how long? I'd be like, I don't know, 30 seconds. You're like, yeah. that's not enough. So I got one. So two, two basic stretches that I would say that you could do is called the 90-90 stretch. Yep. So we went over that one. And the thing is with stretching, people think stretching is all about 10 seconds, touch your toes. But you have to learn, and again, through the training program and work with me individually, you would see that I would say you have to learn to relax, right? It's also it's called um, proprioceptive neuromuscular facilitation, PNF which basically is like, let's say we're stretching out your quads um, or your hamstrings per se. I'm gonna have you contract your quads to lengthen up your hamstrings, okay? But you wanna, and we could do small contractions, five, 10 seconds, but we're gonna do about, you know, five to 10 contractions at five seconds. So that's getting us more towards the minute marker. So initially we wanna start 30 seconds to a minute. And then as our tension, um, as our, you know, tendons, become more resilient to the stretching, we can increase the length. Um, but the takeaway, like I said, we can start with a 90-90, you can look it up, there's plenty of YouTube videos out. Um, and again, just get in the position, right? And there's ways to modify it. The other one would be is, I know we worked on it with you, you had a lot of difficulty, would be the, it's called the hero's pose, where we're stretching out not only the ankles, um, you know, but the tib as well, as, 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 well as the quads. Um, I think you bring it back nightmares bringing it up, <laughs> but know. it's how you know you really need to work on it. And to me, it felt like the opposite of sitting all day, mm -hmm. and that's and it's just really opening up in that kind of reverse order. And so the reason I started to incorporate it was like counteracting all the sitting that we're doing. Yeah, look how I'm right sitting there. right now. Yeah, I'm all curled up, and <laughs> it's the same thing. We drive all day. Yeah, you know what I mean. We're sitting on our phones all day. You know, if you work at a computer, you're hunched in all day. So those are things again that are that we could try to incorporate into our you know our training is just opening up the chest right get a physio ball and just sit back on it and open up that chest and just learn how to breathe that's the biggest thing too is just learning how to breathe in some of these positions um so yeah if you start with 90 90 you look at your ankle um, flexibility um and then also just opening up your chest you know so i think those are good starting points love it if you have more questions you could always send me a dm yeah reach out directly so, all right, Eric. Well, always a pleasure. Congratulations on the new baby. Thank you. Love seeing you, brother. And uh, I look forward to working together more in the future. I see with the direction you're going, I think um, there's a lot of things that we're going to do together. So I'm excited to see how it works out. Thank you, my man. Pleasure being here.